I don't know uh, if you've ever had this happen to you, but it happens to me all the time. Uh, you ever have someone give you advice and you didn't really want their advice? And, and like, yeah. You're like, yeah, you're doing it right now. Okay, knock it off. No, right? And have you ever had someone give you advice and you're looking at their life going, really? Like you're giving me advice on this topic? So sometimes if you're a parent, you know, you've, you're, you're raising five kids or whatever, and someone comes with a nugget of advice, and they've never had any kids at all, you know, and, and you're going, come, you know, what's that all about? Or if you're a lawyer, and someone starts giving you legal advice, or a mechanic, and someone, like, wants to look under your hood and see all this kind of stuff. I, we, we all have these times when someone's giving us advice, and we don't want to really hear the advice, and we want to say to them, if you knew what I knew, you'd be quiet right now. Or if you knew what I knew, you wouldn't be acting this way. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, My son has a neurological problem, and so we take him to the neurologist. And I don't want to do this, but I can't help it. See, because you'll read stuff on the internet, and so then you'll go to your doctor like, like you're a doctor. And so I'll go, yeah, you know, I don't know if you knew this, Doc, but, uh, you know, and, you know, there's a new therapy out there. And, and he's looking at me like, dude, you see those diplomas on the wall? And I'm like, well, yeah, but I've been on the Internet. And I'm not the only one thinking this, you know. You know, it's like, it's like what are you doing? And I can't help it, but I do it anyway. And, and we've done it. We've all done it to other people. Where when you find out who you're talking to, you begin to go, I think I'll just be quiet now. Yeah, have you ever had that happen? Well, this is what happens with God all the time. We, We spend a lot of time giving God advice. We spend a lot of time telling God if he were to do it our way, if, we, if he really understood where we were coming from, if he understood our past, if he understood this, he would have done it a lot different. I mean, why is there pain in the world? I mean, come on, God, don't you know? If you knew it, if you could see it from our perspective, you'd probably remove it all. And so this is where we find Jesus. And I, I want to kind of tell a story that's in the Bible. It's only in one gospel. It's in the Gospel of John, chapter 11, and it's a, a famous story. And uh, I kind of want to go through um, this story because our journey with God is really can be summed up with us discovering what he already knows. I mean, a lot of times when I meet people, depending on where they are in their journey with God, when they have a new revelation, it wasn't like, yeah, I finally convinced God of something. Usually it's, oh, now I get it. He actually had a plan for this. And so in John chapter 11, if you don't have a Bible, hopefully there's one in the, in the chair in front of you, uh, there's a famous story about a guy named Lazarus. And what I want to do is I... I want to kind of set the story up so we understand what's going on, uh, so we can understand where Jesus is in all of this. Jesus was in Jerusalem, and the Pharisees wanted to stone him. They, start, they wanted to throw rocks at him until he died. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not digging that. So Jesus left with his disciples, snuck away, got away, not because he was scared, he's got a plan, but because they were a little out of control. So he takes them off, and he's about 30 miles away when he camps out with his disciples, and, and uh, this guy Lazarus becomes ill. Lazarus has two sisters, Mary and Martha. 
And you can read about them in the Bible. It's really cool. They've got a funky relationship like most sisters do uh, where, you know, they're together, but then they're like nagging each other and all this kind of stuff. It, it's in there. Read your Bible. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and so, so Mary and Martha, their brother Lazarus is sick. So what they do is they send kind of a prayer to Jesus. It wasn't really a prayer, but it was some guy that is giving word to Jesus. And basically they say, look, we're over here, Jesus is over here. Go tell Jesus that the one he loves, Lazarus, is sick. And so whoever it is, a group of people, one person, they do this one-day prayer. Like, got to go talk to God, you know. It takes them a whole day to get to Jesus. And they go, Jesus, Lazarus, the one you love, is sick. And Jesus looks at him right in the eye, and here's what he says. He says, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory that God's son may be glorified through it. And so the guy's sitting there like, okay, what? Now see, understand, they've all seen Jesus do miracles. If Jesus says the sickness isn't unto death, then it's not unto death. The guy's not gonna die. So Jesus looks at this guy or this group dead in the eye and says, oh, it's not unto death. It's so that the son of God might be glorified. And so they write it down on their hand, okay? They do another day's journey, dun, 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 all the way back down to Mary and Martha, and they bust through the door, about ready to read this thing that Jesus said, and they open the door, and they go, and everybody's crying. How come you guys are crying? Lazarus died. That's impossible, because Jesus said, hold on, I wrote it down. Jesus said exactly this, this sickness, yeah, will not end in death, no, he said it twice, no, it's for God's glory, so what's going on? No, Lazarus is dead. And now everybody has to deal with the fact that Jesus didn't heal Lazarus, that Jesus was wrong. Now, if Jesus knew what they knew, he would be acting differently right now. If, they, if, if, if Jesus knew that Lazarus was going to die, he would have acted differently. But what Jesus does is he stays two days longer just to stretch it out, <laughs> right? Maybe there's some, you know, hot baths there or whatever, some, you know, you know, salt water springs or whatever. No, what are they called? Sulfur springs. Yeah, thanks. Okay, scratch that for next year. Okay, uh, so check this out. Here's what he says. So he, he, tell, he tells them, hey, Lazarus is asleep. We're going to go wake him up. And they go, Jesus, if you knew what we knew, you wouldn't be acting like this. Uh, basically, if someone's asleep, they're going to wake up again. So you don't have to worry about it. And so Jesus, it says here, so then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now watch this. This is so vitally important. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let's go with him, to him. See, when we look at things in the natural, with our natural eyes, when we see things and we think we know things, we say, Jesus, if you knew what we knew, you wouldn't be acting that way. And Jesus is saying this, if you knew what I knew, you'd be quiet right now. You wouldn't be acting like this because I know something you don't. And so he says, we're going to go back to Jerusalem. And then the disciples say, Jesus, if you knew what I knew, one of those Pharisees has got good aim, and I ducked just in time, but that rock almost hit me in the head. There's no way I'm going back there. The disciples were talking to each other. I'm not going back there. And here's what happens. He says, then Thomas, called Didymus, if your name's Didymus, you're going to change it to Thomas too. Uh, <laughs> he said, 
Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let's also go that we may die with him. It's over. That's it. It was a good run. We thought Jesus knew what he was talking about, but he doesn't. We're going to go die. You ever felt that way? Okay, God, fine. You win. I lose. That's fine. I I prayed enough. Uh, You're not working my schedule, my advice. Here's the thing. At Living Spring, just so you know, every sermon has one point. And here's your one point if you want to write it down on your, uh, on your sermon outline there. When we stop giving God advice and we start giving him access, then our lives change. When we stop giving God advice, saying, God, if you knew what I knew, if you knew my past, if you knew this, uh, can't you see what I'm going through right now? When we stop giving God advice and we start giving him access, when we start saying, okay, you know what? Your will be done, not my will be done. That's when our lives begin to change. And so the story that we're going to enter into with Lazarus is going to show how Jesus, even while no one else was getting it, Jesus got it and he had a plan. And that's what Easter is all about. Easter is about this ministry of Jesus, the the God who comes down uh, as man, who has this thing and he's going to overthrow everything. The kingdom's going to come and then he dies and everyone goes, I guess it wasn't going to happen the way we thought. And then three days later, busts out on the scene going, I had a plan the whole time. If you knew what I had known, you wouldn't have been acting that way. You wouldn't have been scared, Peter. You would have gotten it figured out. You wouldn't have been crying. You would have been waiting just a couple more days, and he's coming. When we stop giving God advice and start giving him access to our lives, that's when our lives change. So what happens is he does. He heads back to Jerusalem. And uh, he gets there, and Martha meets him kind of on the way. He hasn't quite gotten to the home yet, and Martha meets him. And she says this, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Are any of you there? Where like you've had that time in your life where you're going, what in the world? If God had been here, if God had acted, if God had done it the way I'd wanted to do it, this wouldn't have turned out this way. And then right after that, she says, but I know that even now, your heavenly father will give you whatever you ask. In other words, she's saying, oh, I'm ticked. If you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. Yet, I still know you can do something. Is anybody there in their life right now like that? I mean, you don't need to raise your hand. Like, yeah, no. Uh, it, I mean, where you're just like, look, uh, my, I got this stuff in my life, but there's something stirring in me where I know God can do something. And so here's what Jesus says. He says, your brother's gonna rise again. And she says, she gets all spiritual on him. Have you ever tried to out-spiritualize God, you know? You're like, okay, well, God, really, I mean, I guess since you're eternal, then that way. And God's up there going, stop, okay? He says, stop. He doesn't say the other (laughs) word, okay? So she says, oh, I know he's going to rise again on the last day. And Jesus, I mean, can you imagine the frustration? This is why I brought that up in the beginning. Have you ever been trying to explain to someone that doesn't understand and they're trying to give you advice and you're like, if you knew what I knew, you wouldn't be acting this way. So Jesus goes and he says something phenomenal. He makes a statement that has never been made before and will never be made again and can only be made by Jesus. And what this statement does is it's the first glimpse in how we get 
give God access rather than giving him advice. Jesus says, your, your, your brother's going to rise again. She says, oh, I know on the last day he'll, he'll rise at the resurrection. And Jesus says this. He says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Are you starting to get a picture that maybe Jesus isn't here just to raise Lazarus from the dead? That he's got another plan, something else that's working way in the supernatural above what, what everybody sees? He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. In other words, what's happened to Lazarus is irrelevant. Whether he lives or he dies, it doesn't make any difference. What makes a difference is the relationship he has with me. So he goes, uh, even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's what, she, that's what he asked Martha. Do you believe this? Are you getting it? Maybe I'm not just here for Lazarus. Maybe I'm here for something deeper. And she says, yeah, I believe you're the Christ. You know, she still didn't understand, and we don't expect them to understand. See, we have to, we have to get the fact that this was not only an episode that happened in human history, but it was written down for us. Now, we have a lot more understanding than Martha did. So Martha goes back, and she gets her sister Mary. Mary comes running out. Guess what she says? The exact same thing Martha says. If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. See, they'd all been talking amongst themselves about this. And when you look at it and you read the story on your own, you'll see all the Jews around said, man, couldn't this guy who healed the blind help Lazarus not die? Everybody was saying the same thing. And in your life right now, you might be going through some stuff and you are surrounded by people who are saying the same thing to you. And God wants to break through that and say there's another purpose for why you're going through what you're going through. There's another purpose why I have you in this situation, why I have you in this marriage, why I have you in this job, why I gave you the kids I gave you. There's another reason. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. He says, Lord, if you'd been here, now watch what happens. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Now, why in the world would Jesus be troubled? I mean, he knows he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. If it were me, I'd be like, hey, let's get this show on the road. Stop crying. Wait, you check this out. I got a bunch of stuff. I'm going to zap some stuff and it's going to blow your mind. Wait, everybody gather around, you know. You know, I'm awesome. I'm ready, you know. Right, but Jesus, Jesus is troubled. There's something stirring in him. What do you think that is? You think it's that Lazarus died? Uh-uh. He doesn't even think Lazarus is dead. He, he calls it asleep because he knows what he's going to do. He knows what he's going to do. Why is Jesus troubled? Because Jesus has another plan, and it's all about relationship. And did you know when you're going through your pain, God goes through it with you? He doesn't just sit there and go, I got it all worked out in eternity. What's your problem? Turn off the waterworks. It's driving me crazy. I don't want to hear all your prayers, all this stuff. I got it. I'm God. You're not. Go away. No. He sees what you're going through, and he says, would you invite me to come alongside you? Would you invite me to be a part of this process? So what does he say? He says this. Where have you laid him? Where's the problem? What's the issue? this thing that's troubling you, what is it? See, for, for some of you here this morning, this is the question God's asking you this morning. 
What's the deal? What is it that's holding you back? Is it your past? Is it some hurt that you've had? Is it a relationship that's gone sour? Is it, you know, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a kid, a spouse? Well, what is it? Because, you know, we started this series this week called Relationships. There's an app for that. And the reason we're starting on Easter is because the key to relationships is found in a relationship with God first. And so God wants to come in and say, what is the issue? Where have you laid it? Where's the part that's troubling you? Show me. Now, he asks questions before. God has asked humankind questions before. As a matter of fact, when Adam sinned and started us on this great process of pain, thank you, Adam, um, when Adam sinned, God comes into the garden and he goes, Adam, where are you? Do you think God didn't know where Adam is? You think he was searching all around, parting the bushes? Well, I don't know. Jesus, you know where Adam, you know, Jesus is up there. I can't see him. I'm way up here. I, I don't see him at all. Do you think God really wanted to know where Adam was? No, he asked the question for Adam's sake. Adam, where are you? Here we go. We're going to start this process of what, that you've had sin enter humanity. And I'm not going anywhere. Where are you? We have to start the process now. And see, that's what God is beckoning to us. Where have you laid him? He said this to Cain. Cain killed Abel, his brother Abel. And God shows up and he says, Cain, where's your brother Abel? You know, and Abel just got done, uh, Cain just got done digging the grave. Maybe Abel's hand was kind of sticking out and he kind of like steps on it. I don't know. I haven't seen him anywhere. I don't, Abel? Was that, oh, my brother. Yeah, I don't know. Ask my mom, right? He says, he gets all flippant with God and goes, am I my brother's keeper? I don't know. I don't know where he is. Okay, see you later. Bye-bye, run along, okay? Right? He asks him a question. He talks to the woman at the well. He says, go get your husband. Where's your husband? Go get him. Oh, yeah, well, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, that's right. You've had five husbands, and the one you're living with right now isn't your husband. Yeah, oh, that guy. Oh, oh, Charles, right. Sorry, Charles, if you're in here, right? I mean, he's asking questions. What does he ask the disciples all the time? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Do you think Jesus doesn't know where the disciples' faith is? Of course he does. He asks the question for us. He says, where have you laid them? And that's the question he's asking you this morning. What's up? What's the deal? What are you going through? God wants to journey with you. And, and that journey with God, in a lot of ways, is us discovering what he already knows. It's not us enlightening him. And so they say four words. That is the heart cry of God to hear from his children. And these are the four words that we have to always be ready to just have right on the tip of our tongue to be able to say to God when he says, what's the deal? Where are you? How's it going? They say, come and see, Lord. Come and see. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you about my past. I'll tell you about it. I'll tell you all the things you already know. But I'm going to do it to enter into relationship with you. And they're upset about something back there. <laughs> that, that's what it's all about. And so then we get to the shortest verse in the Bible. If you want to go home and, you know, with your fact, you know, you love the Discovery Channel and all this kind of stuff. The shortest verse in the Bible is the next one, John 11:35. Jesus wept. Now, let me ask you a question. I think you're beginning to kind of see what the answer is. Why would Jesus weep? 
Did he forget his godly power back at the place he was staying before? And he's like, oh no, now I can't raise him from the dead. No, because see, relationship is beginning. This is God's heart's cry that we would stop giving him advice and start giving him access. We'd start saying, come and see. I want you to look at, this is what's bothering me, God. I don't like this. I need it to change. This is my past. This is my sin. This is the stuff that's holding me back. And so Jesus weeps because he's like, oh man, you are getting so close. You're starting to see what it's like. How I, you're starting to see it as I see it. And so they say, uh, it says Jesus wept. So then he shows up at the tomb. And th- this is such an important truth for us to see because a lot of us stop there. Okay, come and see. Yep, I made some mistakes. I admit that now. Thank you, God, for showing that to me. Have a nice day. I feel much better. But that's not what God's all about. He just didn't want to see the tomb. Oh, so this is the tomb. Fantastic. Great job. See you guys later. He still has more work to do. So watch. Uh, John eleven thirty eight. 38. Jesus once more deeply moved. Again, why? Because he's into relationship. Came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Now I want us to understand this. This isn't for those of you like me who grew up on Yogi Bear. Uh, I picture a cave like a cave, like you go exploring. This is not what it was like in those days. It was a tomb. So it was something hewn out of the side of a hill usually. And, it, and it, depending on how big the family was, it would just basically kind of, I mean, it would be from the edge of the stage to me. Everyone could see what was inside that tomb. So he shows up to the tomb and he says, take away the stone. Now, this is so f- fabulous. See, God doesn't just say to us, show me. He then puts something for us to do. Show me where the pain is. It's in this. Oh, well, maybe you should get out of that relationship. Maybe you should stop hanging around those people. Maybe you should treat your spouse differently. Maybe you should stop drinking that, stop watching that, stop doing that. Take away the stone. Let's see what the root cause is. Let's see what the real issue is. Move the stone now. We know what the general thing, we know where it is, we got the problem, but now I want you to do something. And this is where a lot of us stop. We want all the benefits of being raised from the dead, but we're not willing to do any of the work to pull the stone away. And watch what happens to Martha because she prays the thing that we always pray when God gives us these commands. But, but Lord, but yeah, right, I know, I know you don't want me dating him, but he's smoking hot, and I don't think I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get another boyfriend. Oh, she's, oh, but she's, she's going to become a Christian any day. Uh, you know, I, oh, it's going to work out fine. I can afford it. It's green. It's all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's all these things, but God, but God, and deep down in our heart, we know he's going, roll away the stone. We've got to deal with this. Yeah, but it's only once a weekend, but it's, I, it's, just a, it's just a business trip. And God's going, come on, let's move away the stone. So watch what Martha says. She says, but Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. I don't know, it's kind of redundant. We already know that. But by this time, there is a bad odor for he's been dead for four days. Uh, Jesus, if you knew what we knew, you wouldn't be asking us to do that. If you knew how bad, basically she says, that's stinky. That's nasty. I don't want to, we're not opening that up, right? That's kind of what she's saying in Aramaic. But, um, (laughs) wow, okay, easy there. Reel it back in. Okay, 
He's been there four days. See, here's the thing. We know when we roll away that stone in our lives, when God begins to speak to us on a specific issue, we know it stinks. We say, can't you just do something, do your hocus pocus, and just kind of let it go away? And he says, no, I roll away the stone. And here's the problem. The cave is shallow, and so when we pull back the stone, everybody sees it. And that's what we're most concerned about. We want God to just do his thing. But here's the thing. What would happen if Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and they didn't roll away the stone? He's going to die again. He's going to suffocate. You have to roll away the stone so that he can be free. It's not just all about coming to Christ and coming to God. And, Yay, that was great. Thanks. What's the date? Good, I'll remember this for the rest of my life. And moving on. He wants you free. He wants the stone removed. Yes, is there going to be times when people see your past? They see what you're going through? We talk a lot in this church about small groups. Is there going to be a time when God's going to prompt you to go, Hey, guys, I'm dealing with this struggle, and I need help. Is there a time when you're going to get involved in an accountability group, and three or four guys are going to sit there and go, hey, man, here's, here's my struggle, and it stinks? Yeah. But see, watch what Jesus says is so awesome, because it's the same thing he wants to say to us. Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Do you want to see something awesome right now? Roll away the stone. Do you want to actually see my power miraculously bring life where there was death? Then roll away the stone. Take it away. Didn't I tell you if you believed, you'd see the glory of God? For some of you, and for me as well, in this time right now, God is saying, roll away the stone. You're going to see the glory of God. So they roll away the stone, it says. It took it away, and Jesus begins to pray. It's not on the wall there, but Jesus began to pray, and he said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me. See, he knows everything, right? But I said this, listen, for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. You think Jesus has another plan other than raising Lazarus from the dead? You bet he does. Do you think that Jesus has another plan in your life just to stop you from sinning? Like, I just don't like that sin. Get rid of it. Yes, he, you bet he does. He wants relationship. He wants to go through this process with you. And so he prays this, and then he says, Lazarus, come out. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I don't know how it all went down, but, you know, you won't want to stay too close to the stink, so you're probably kind of going like this. Not knowing what's going to happen. They open up this thing. That, and did you ever see the movie The Mummy? Okay, so in that movie, they have him kind of wrapped up, you know, where he can kind of, you know, his arms are, are you know, free. Well, that isn't how they did the, it back then. They did it like this, and they were all, you know, completely wrapped up. So all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> you see like this, you know, he's doing like this fish out of water thing. He's flopping around. I mean, could you imagine? Honestly, picture in your mind's eye. You're sitting there. We're all here. We're watching the cave. And we're like, man, I wonder what's going to happen. That's going to be stinky when they open that up. They open up. Dude, did you see him move? Because I swear I saw him move. He's moving. He's starting to flop around. 
Now, I don't know if he flopped off or anything or whatever, but Jesus, Jesus gives a little more insight into it. And he says this. He says, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Listen, a couple things real quick. <laughs> it's so awesome. I have seen this happen over and over and over again. I've seen a marriage that was dead, entombed, wrap it up, over. It's just, where do I sign? We're done. And then Jesus shows up, and the, the couple or whatever gives them access to Jesus, and all of a sudden, there begins to be a little bit of life in that marriage, a little bit of flopping around. Now, he cannot get out of there by himself. He needs other people to take off those grave clothes and let him go. And so that, that marriage begins to get healing and then they get involved in a small group and through the, the power of what the Holy Spirit does in those groups, healing begins to take place. I've seen it over and over and over again. I've seen families dead, done. The kids are a mess. The parents are a mess. The whole family's a mess. And then somebody comes to Christ, usually a kid. And, 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 and the Spirit of God begins to move them and change them. And, and they begin to go to church, and everyone's like, well, good, maybe that'll help them. And all of a sudden, they realize, man, God's beginning to stir in their heart. And then another person comes to Christ, and another person comes to Christ, and another person comes to Christ. This happened in my own home. I watched it firsthand. My dad was an alcoholic, done. Would come home and, from the train station and fall down the steps and jacked up my mom was involved in the occult and then my mom came to christ and then one by one god just started picking us off <laughs> because we began to see life because god has another plan and this deadness that happens when we take over life on our own needs to be redeemed and that's why we celebrate easter because christ came died, everyone thought it was all over, and then three days later, he raised himself from the dead to say, listen, if you knew what I knew, you wouldn't be acting like this. I have the power over sin and death and the grave all by myself. I'm here for a totally different plan than life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm here for relationship. So he says this, so cool. He says, take off his grave clothes and let him go. It's so encouraging to me. Because here, here's the thing. Sometimes we think, if I show Jesus where it is, where my pain is, where my sin is, where the thing is that's holding me back. If I, hold, if I, if I show him, and then we roll away the stone, and everyone sees all that stuff and all that, then, then everyone's going to know. And here's the, the, here's the other part of this relationship with Christ. He says, Take off the things that identified you from your former self. I don't care about your past. That's redeemed. It's done. I'm here to give you a future and a hope. Take off those grave clothes and let him go. Don't keep going, Lazarus, the dead guy. Oh, Lazarus, yeah, I know you ate that fish and died. Ha ha, you know. Let him go. It's no longer the marriage that, oh, yeah, they were, oh, you should have seen them before. Forget that. You should see them now. You should see that family now. You should see me now. As the worship band uh, comes back, I just want to wrap up with, with this idea. 
you don't invite Jesus into the situation, it's going to stay dead. It's going to stay trapped. You're not going to be able to get help. And this is why we started off our relationship series. Ne- next week, we're going to talk about how to handle difficult people. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, but uh, it, yeah, you're like, yeah, because there's a lot of difficult people in here, and I just wanted to, no. Uh, <laughs> so if you, if, you, if you want it trapped, he sits there. If he says, hey, where, wh- sh- where's the tomb? And they say, get out of here. If you hadn't been here, then he, this never would have happened. But they say, come and see. And he began to weep and began to say, oh man, people are going to believe, people are going to understand. <laughs>